0: What's going on, everybody? You are listening to the Playing On podcast. My name is Carl Markowski, and thank you again for joining me. This episode is with my very, very good friend Andy Horvath. We were teammates back in the St. Louis Avalanche days, um, which was crazy, crazy man. That that team was nasty. He played on the the seven man team, and we had. Uh, a lot of second places that's man that one there's a lot of memories with that team where it's heartbreaking but at the same time just amazing moments um and uh in my career with with those guys and you know i i get uh, messages here and there from some of the former players of the team too that just say the same thing man it was some of the best times that they've had and it was uh, it was really cool to go back and kind of relive them with uh, with Andy and uh, we were also teammates on Aftershock for a uh, very short stint and uh, he is now on uh, Mutiny and it's cool to see him and where he's at and just how much paintball he's played and just how long he's been around and it's it's insane uh, you know he was telling me about uh, you know just playing for as many seasons as he has that's dude that's a lot of paintball i don't i don't care who you are um you know and and to be able to keep up with everything and keep up with the 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 new uh the new school that's coming in and and to be able to just to teach and and mentor is a giant thing and, and andy does a great job at uh, at doing that and i had a really good time talking with him and uh, i know you guys are gonna enjoy the podcast so um yeah my flabbing blabbing we just keep talking all the time uh i'm gonna stop doing that so we can listen to the podcast so here it is here's a podcast with andy orvath
1: Hey, yo, yo, oh, what's, what's up? up? Shut that window for motorcycles, on I thought you were on a motorcycle first. I wish. It sounds <laughs> way more fun than sitting in my old, bit uh, childhood bedroom. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. How you been, man? Been really good. Really good. Just uh, a nice little cave here. Got a nice little layer.
0: Yeah, a little bit. Just a corner of a basement because we live in a little two-bedroom house. So. uh I had to make a room down in the basement to facilitate my uh paintball craving.
1: I see a few nice ones in there, you might want to give those up. Mm. Nice little jerseys in there. Yeah. You know? I have a um
0: I don't know if you can you probably can't see that one, but it's a it's an unnamed um uh, original X Ball jersey when they did like the Nations Cup. The USA yeah, jersey. Yeah. So I have one of those. A Cody Smick Dynasty, uh my Titman Effect one, uh Aftershock one Alex Frazier from, I think that was from when that uh, ESPN. It was at Mahegan son, the smart parts thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was that nice. one. Um, Micah, Tim Brusselback, uh, Geyser, Adam Geis. Yeah, the old man. <laughs> uh, Colt Roberts. <laughs> and then I have a Bart Yakimak uh, Impact jersey. And then I have a few that are in my. Um, in my closet but then i have my very first jersey that i ever bought
1: over here on the on the rack up front i'm instantly trying to buy your jerseys off the back of your wall for my collection how about that <laughs> <laughs> these are, i actually sold i actually sold a, a, a good amount but i
0: just can't some like here's all right here's my thought process on so it i
1: got about i got about 430 so what are you gonna do with those jerseys with the jerseys, right? So,
0: like, you now you you want them, and there is a special like bond to those jerseys, right? But but like, yeah. what what happens when, like, let's say you have kids, right? Because I mean, you don't have any kids right now, right? Correct? No, nah. um, no, no, kids. No. So,
1: do you just hang on to them, and then, like, what do you think? What do you think is going to happen to them? I mean, I want to do a paintball field one day. And you remember, so you're, remember back in the day when you used to go to like Sam Goody in the mall to go get your CDs and they had all the music posters in the back. Mm -hmm. So they were double sided. So you could see both sides of these movie posters. But basically, instead of framing a jersey with just the name on the, and a little square that you can see, like no bigger than a laptop screen, I want it to be clear so you could see the front and the back of each jersey and you can flip through them and see because sometimes the cooler part is the front with the logo and all the old school iron on stuff and like yeah the random whatever you wanted to heat press on your own jersey <laughs> like all that cool stuff yeah that sometimes that just gets lost because people are like oh i gotta put oliver's here or i gotta put mm-hmm. alex's here or carl's here but then like i have one of your old excessive jerseys it's a jt premier jersey that's like a two-tone like a, i think you guys probably wore them one time you spray painted H2K on it and it has your name and it has the big bear on it. But if I just framed oh, right. the back, you would never see all this like RIP, like the infamous yeah. ones, RIP me and like your H2K stuff. But it's like all that personal personal stuff that people used to put on mm-hmm. gets lost because people focus on the name. It's like, I want to see both sides. So,
0: I am 100% uh, right there with you. I, I agree, man. And the and the battle scars. Are mostly in the front too. Like the, you can tell when a jersey's worn and when the, you know, when the elbows and the and the cuffs are all.
1: There's not many burn holes in the back that there are like right here on the chest or like right in the stomach, like on the stomach where you're diving. Like there's none of that in the back. Like maybe the back guy's back is pink stain from Ultra Evil (laughs) because the guy's like Bowser, right? Like they talk all the shit and you got to get to the boss at the back of the back field. But they're usually pretty clean. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man.
0: uh, it's got to be, it's got to be both sides. Yeah, I agree 100% on that one. I think that was pretty, you know, what I think it would be cool too is like I'm I'm picturing in my head um, this pro shop where you have like the the mall rat, circle racks of clothes yeah. and then on top of those clothes have like a, just a, a, a t-shirt uh, or it would be, have to be like a long sleeve uh, rack. And just one Mm -hmm. single jersey that you can kind of walk around and and have like four or five of those that those racks will be like be carrying the pants or whatnot. And you can kind of have those on display, too. And then you have like the flip book through in the back. And dude, with four, four hundred jerseys that you have, you can you could probably do that plus more and still have a hundred left. So
1: everybody asks like where where they all are. And they're literally sitting in black totes in my garage like not even seen (laughs) by the light of day. Like I'm like a greedy, like Schmeagle miser Mm -hmm. with them. Everybody's always trying to trade or see what I got, but it's like, no, I buy them or I trade or I get them. And then I look at them like, cool, fold it up nice. So nothing gets bent. And then I just throw it in the tub and then it's, (laughs) they sit in my garage and there's about 15 of them just stacked up. And one day I'll get to go look at them again, but I know which ones are where I know which ones go and all that, but yeah, they're just, uh, they're hiding from society right now. Man, honestly, that's probably the most amount of jerseys I've ever heard anybody
0: have is 400.
1: The goal was 500, but I'm already close to that now, so I think I need to set a new goal. But, (laughs) I mean, I don't know. I mean, I know a lot of people have a lot of good stuff. I just, you know, it's hard to tell what everybody has because some people have more. and Sometimes the honey holes are like in Europe. A lot of those European guys have Mm -hmm. all the cool stuff because players used to go out there and sell their jerseys and make more money and bring bags of them. but. You never know, like, some turn up randomly. Sometimes you go back and you just ask a guy that had something from 10 years ago. It's like, oh, yeah, I got 50 of those. Like, take them, you
0: yeah. know? You just never know. So are you, are you asking people, or are you just kind of being the silent, sneaky type on PB Nation? A little bit of both.
1: both. Yeah, eBay. I mean, everywhere, asking old players. Like, I'll go to the field. Like, I went to Micah's field, and was like, hey, like, I was like, He's got a decent collection, too, I, was, I guess. Yeah, I was there with you. Yeah, Yo, I mean, some of those guys, like, they're not giving them up. Cause they me, I mean, they're like me. Like I have one Mm -hmm. of every Jersey I've ever played in. I kept the first one I ever got of every team I ever played on. So yeah, like I probably have 20 jerseys of my own on top of all the ones that I've collected. So yeah, yeah. it's, I, I, I have
0: some, I gave some away. Um, about all the ones you gave away and then uh, now people are like, I'll buy it for yours for $500. Yeah. Right. Wish man. It's (laughs) well, but even some of them too, you know, it's like, it's just not worth it because like for me. I I had a uh, a collection of all my custom markers that I had, right? And then I had them, I had them sitting. Actually, they were just sitting down here on my bench, um, because I don't really have anywhere to display them, you know, out upstairs or anything like that. They don't they don't, they don't go with the decor of yeah, the house. Yeah, exactly. Kids aren't uh, old enough yet. Yeah, exactly. Guns like. <laughs> yeah. So, um, what I thought about, I was like, man, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna sell them because if if I if they're getting use somewhere out in the ethos rather than Mm -hmm. sitting here on my bench just collecting dust, I would much rather have that be because I've already had my time with them and it's not like, like and I have, um, you know, an emac and then I just rebuilt a shocker, a dynasty shocker and, um like I'll get, I'll have those be able to kind of stick around just to dink around with but like those other ones, I've had my time with them, I have pictures and, and, and memories with those yeah. But I want other people to have that stuff and you know if my kids end up eventually cuz they're still only 5 and 2 but if they eventually want to play paintball one day I'm sure these these things will last but then you know they might not. And I would oh, hate
1: the guns for sure won't last. Yeah, That's and I would problem, just
0: I just hate know? to see stuff that you know people were have still people have more interest in than I do. But I don't want to I'm not saying that as like I don't no, care I about it anymore. You know what I mean? It's it's more or less yeah. like Get use out of it. Please. Like, I, I like to th- see things... Like, it even breaks my heart sometimes seeing these jerseys on the wall because I want to wear them. But if I wear them, then, like, a lot of them will get mess- messed yeah, up. You and can I just... wear
1: anyone that's sublimated. Anyone with an iron-on, dude, I, no. I'm i so scared. I'm like, man, like, if I wear this one out and I wash it one time and that name falls off, mm-hmm. like, I'll be pissed. Oh, so, dude. I just... They never see the light of day. They'll never see the field again. But it's like that. People do that with shoes and mm-hmm. basketball jerseys, NBA, NFL. Like people have their stuff. This is just my version of collecting sports memorabilia, and it's just the sport that I play. So, you know what Why doesn't not? have thinking about it. Like with
0: between the the distinction between jerseys, the the sublimated ones, even the high ranking players, the sublimated ones do don't for me
1: have the same impact. Like the old school heat press it. Well, it mainly goes back to now you go look on and you see a a Chad Boucher, a Yeah Yeah jersey, but there's 50 of them, right? Like you can churn out these sublimated jerseys. Mm -hmm. Some teams wear five different jerseys a year and they're all selling 10 of them or they're asking you, hey, I'm doing a pre-order for my jersey. Who wants one? It's like, how many are you making? So why like and then when they try to sell them and I'm not even trying to be like an asshole or anything, but this is just my theory on like when you try to sell your jersey from two years ago, when I know you took a pre-order for fifty people, why mm-hmm. would I give you 200 dollars for it? To me, it's it's worth what you paid for yeah. like a hundred bucks retail. You mm-hmm. know, it's not it's definitely not the same. Now maybe that will change over time. Now, and if it's like a game worn jer- jersey.
0: Yeah, like like the jersey game
1: has gotten kind of crazy. So people now, are all these old jerseys are worth a lot of money. So maybe in 10 years, these 2012, 13, 14, all these sublimated ones, maybe they'll be worth more when they're harder to find, When after they get lost in storage units or sold to swap meets or given away by their mom to the homeless or whatever, right? They Mm -hmm. become more rare. So it might take longer. But right now, don't try to pitch me a a last-year jersey (laughs) <laughs> that there's, I know oh, there's a hundred, or they they sell them online on their website. Like, yeah, come on, man, it's yeah, hundred
0: bucks. Well, it's it's the whole supply and demand thing. I mean, you you flood the market, even though they're oh, they're yeah. selling, you can't really. I mean, I don't know, big, dude. Kids are paying for like ridiculous kids kid people in general just are paying for some ridiculous stuff. Where I'm like, I hear what they're actually buying. I'm like, huh? And then I hear what they're
1: paying for it. I'm like, what? Like, it's just it's yeah. crazy. You, I was never in a dirty sandana that's, uh, has been worn by 15 people. I'll give you 300, <laughs> you know what I mean? Or I'll give you 700 bucks for that mesh, mesh trunk, which, Hey, Hey man, I get it. You know, I've I've impulse buys. I buy stupid things sometimes, but yeah, it's, I, I mean, everybody has their vice, you know what I mean? So,
0: yeah, that's true. Man. It's, you know, I try to make things cool, but I also like cool things too. So I try, I did, it's, I don't know it's a weird world, man. Style and 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 uh,
1: what's the word I'm looking for? Desirability. Any money is to a, be individual, you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Everybody wants that one-on-one. Which, hey, I agree. So yeah, and also to say that they have it. Mm-hmm. Just, just oh, be, I haven't see it. many of these. Yeah. Like, what's up? Yeah, it's like you're out of
0: having. See, what's what's crazy too is thinking about the jersey collection thing. Is like jerseys, they're like we said, you know, they they can be upwards of a couple hundred dollars, or you can get them for fifty bucks. Like. That's a jersey, right? But some of these gun collectors—oh, they're crazy.
1: That's what's insane. Oh, no, crazy guns! The goggle collectors paying that's two thousand bucks for a random pair of pro flexes or what? Some oh, dude, it's nuts. Yeah, oh yeah. You'll, you'll be surprised. People will come out of the people will not play for a decade and come out and have like mint in package everything, and you're like wow I want that original clear JT Pro Flex that's still in the package that's discolored because it's been right. in the package since 1998 I want that one you know yeah. it was in the dye JT catalog when they were still together like mm-hmm. god that dates that dates me real bad in this game but yeah the <laughs> the, the, the Eric Felix on the cover Ooh. like you know what I mean like yeah. bon bon, all those people <laughs> but like that's the stuff that you know you can't get it anymore so if you can find that new I mean yeah, there's dude. definitely not many of them.
0: Do you remember those? Uh, you remember the Proflexes? Because I don't. I know they were they were messing around with the different like polymers and plastics and uh, and and gels and whatnot for those bottoms. Do you remember like the shiny gel bottoms for the Proflexes? And then mm-hmm. if you left them in your bag, or or even in the sun and in the bag, they would actually mold to whatever fucked up
1: or, orientation dead, yeah.
0: in the bag. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, you had though like if you and no one had cases back then. It wasn't no. a thing. You either like took them apart and put it upside down or you pulled your go gogg- if you didn't play for a month, you pulled your goggle out and it was like sucked to your chin. And you're like, <laughs> yeah. Well, well, maybe I can put it in the hot water and bend it back, but for the most part I'm gonna play this tournament with like my green I Z E like pressed on my cheek, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that was that was part of it. Yeah, yeah, man. I wonder who the who the first
0: person was to to flip the bottom up.
1: I mean, I would think someone like bc but maybe even before that i mean ryan beast uh, like a lot of those guys but i'm sure it was before that i'm sure i mean i started in 98 99 so i'm oh, sure really? it was done that yeah damn i didn't know you started that early chicago Open 99 first event damn yeah the dated. 1900s <laughs> <Dated> literally the <laughs> 1900s dated like we're, well now we're going back to it right with mechanical so it was mm-hmm. the same thing like that was my uh my first tournament it was a shocker four by four turbo with air assist oh my god bigger than myself oh yeah <laughs> bigger than me bucks. the thing was yeah that big and 30 pounds and you know we somehow managed like this is this is
0: another thing that i don't get as far as engineering markers go or just engineering in general like was it because the CNC and the machining back then wasn't capable of doing so? Or why would you just not try and, like, the very first time be like, okay, let's take off as much material as possible and get to, like, the Shocker yeah. SFT or something? Because like, I feel like that that marker right there, is, I mean, it's AutoMag for the most part, right? But, like, that seems to be one of the most perfect, just simplistic marker designs that work
1: just in general like it's just in my opinion it changed X-Ball it changed the game you know like that's why Philly was so dominant for -hmm. those years because it was Bob Long or Philly you know but it was shockers or insane intimidators that were cheating but everything in between like Angels were good luck like you were you had fat chance playing like go play I remember back in the day before I got on Far Side they were playing Texas Storm, who was using Intimidators and Halos and Dia Bounce One, and my friend Ben and Kyle and Tommy, then were using Angel Speeds and Revies and Eggs. Like, are you really kidding me? Like, is that really <laughs> a thing? Like, that's fair? Come on now. Like, right. but then the shocker comes out. All Americans become like the most dominant NXL team, like mm-hmm. in the dark ages, you know, when none of those guys had APPA numbers and they didn't exist. <laughs> You know, yeah, and the NXL didn't exist for those two years, like so, but it changed the game. It became this small gun that you can play this really fast paced game and shoot really fast. The ergonomics were perfect mm-hmm. for the speed of the game at the time, so it was perfect. And then you had the other teams using the long, crickety intimidators, but they shot super fast and super good. But I mean, the game involved the faster the game got, the gun started to get. was like, Oh, okay, well, we need to make everything like the shocker, we all get the smaller, got lighter. But they still didn't figure out for another decade how to, like, put the airline inside. the gun. Like, you're still using <laughs> macro line fittings and steel-braided hose. So, I mean, it took a while to get where we're at, but it's all it's all good. Yeah, there's something nostalgic about that macro line fitting. Yeah, right. if you've never had one bust your hand open or, like, pop off your gun. I don't know if you've actually played paintball in the 90s or slash early 2000s. No, a little atomic bomb is going off right now. Constantly. <laughs> this, this little <laughs> plastic hose is somehow keeping in... Forty five hundred pounds of pressure, oh, dude. Well, not really,
0: well, not forty five because I think, well, it's I think it's like I think it's like what it was like eight, maybe or something. 50, made, like, still, yeah. uh, I don't know, something like that. Start. Correct me <laughs> if you know, I'm wrong. I'm sure really I'll bad. hear it. Real <laughs> bad. But uh, you know, it, I remember hearing when you were at a paintball tournament, or let's just say a paintball field in general, back early yeah, two thousands right yeah you would always every at least once a practice or a, a, in tournaments you'll hear it all the time but you would just you'd always hear it going on I feel like now what you hear are people not putting on their uh
1: yes the, airline the airlines the airlines that are blowing you know and um, which is funny because back in the day you were never allowed to fill your own air if you remember yeah. most fields they made it they made you give it to them they took it in the back to the solar compressor so they did it for you mm-hmm. and as soon as you gave that power to these guys Somehow, at least once or twice an event in your pit, that O ring's gone. Oh, ring <laughs> it's, it's just gone every single time. There's nothing you can do about it. I wonder if they figured something out on that, on some kind of
0: uh, sealer yeah. that wasn't it isn't requiring an O ring, but it actually seals up in a different way where you're not blowing O rings out if somebody fucking doesn't connect I mean, up. It'd be nice. It'd be nice. Mm-hmm. It'd solve a lot of problems. Yeah. So what? I'm gonna go back to your uh, your jersey collection for a second. What is your most uh kind of highly touted
1: jersey. Is um, that a word? Touted? Sure, it works for me. Okay. Um, it's... <laughs> I mean I got some good ones. I've recently got a Rob Stodinger trauma jersey from the Ten Man days with Ooh. all the irons on the names. I mean, I have a bunch of trauma jerseys. Yeah. A lot of their fabric and their names always were so cheap that they would fall off. So if you could find one with a name on it, they were clutch. You know, I got a Porterfield, a Faison, an Opie. So got a decent amount of the trauma guys, but probably the Rob was a hard one to find. You know never they don't come up very often. I have a, an Oliver it has uh, it's a, one of the rare ones actually. I got it from Trozen who wanted in a bet from Oliver. Um, it says Oliver Iron Kids laying on it and he wanted a bet at San Diego State for some like bar game. <laughs> so I got that one. I have a Matty... 2001 10 man Ironman jersey that I like. Um let's say some of those. Um, I mean, I got obscure ones. I got some Rennick Miller JTs. I got Bruno Todd. I mean, I got a bunch of the dynasty guys from the 10 man days. I probably say as of now, which was, it was always one of my favorites, but I have a Chicago Open 2000 Marcus Nielsen dynasty jersey oh wow so, mint like super mint the only jersey for Marcus's career that I think I don't have is a far side jersey which he played for but I don't have that one otherwise I have pretty much everything else but I'd say that one that was a, a rare fee, PB Nation find about three years ago yeah. I got it for like 150 bucks hmm. this was before like, now I could probably if I were to sell it I could probably get upwards of like a thousand bucks for it jeez And the Rob was one of the most... I think I paid about a 1000 bucks for that Rob jersey. Really? Yeah. But it was like... I made a list. Like, I had a list on my phone with, like, all my favorite players growing up. Everybody. Teams. Which ones they were. Like, you know, like a a Matty Ironman. This guy. This one. A a Ryan Greenspan pre-2004. Like, just Mm -hmm. all these ones that I remember that were, like, my favorites back in the day. And just rare ones. Like, old image jerseys. Like, I, I remember when a couple years ago I bought like half of LB fouls jerseys off him when he was like, Oh, Hey, what's up? Like, I was like, (laughs) let me get all those, man. Like I still have them. Like I don't, I don't resell them. Like I just Mm -hmm. tell people like you want it back. You can buy it back for whatever I'm going to, you want to sell it to me for. Yeah. But it's not going anywhere. You don't got to like scour the internet after I get it. But, um, I mean, I probably should write them all down really. I mean, they're, all in bins. I have some n- old Naughty Dogs jerseys. I have a Dave Youngblood, JT, I have a, Andy do you have an Copp old Russian dog. jersey? I do have an old Fedorov, not the original one that said paintball. Ooh, I want, like, that's the, I want that would one be of a the, sweet one. <laughs> Yeah. yeah <laughs> the one that just says paintball on the back. Like <laughs> yeah. I definitely want one of those, but I have one of the first year when they had their names under the, Fedorov one. Mm, nice. Um, I have a couple of chaos ones. Um, and then I got a bunch of like my fr- current friends and stuff like that. I've traded at tournaments, but, mm-hmm. um, the Arsenal ones are pretty sweet too. Which ones? The Arsenal ones. I do. Yeah, Speaking of that, I have a J.C. Whittington Arsenal jersey. I have a J.C. Whittington rookie bad company jersey in a yellow oh, wow. ribbon. That's really good. And it says, like, bad motherfucker on it and a whole bunch of, like, other, like, like yours had, like, all these little, like, written on stuff, <laughs> all these, like, little, like, things he called himself back in the day. Yeah. Um, so
0: he was nasty, man. He was one of those guys. Where uh, I watched him play, he is kind of not that he reminds me of Rainey, but it's like one of those guys where he's kind of lanky and taller, but can get really alien. small.
1: JC's like an alien,
0: dude. He can fit in a, like a one by one cube. Like he can get he can get super low, but he he could talk. I remember having him like one feature about him that I remember just physically was like he always had a like a big mouth. and just in his voice and everything was just like was Mm -hmm. you know robust and the moves that he made and the count like the the the
1: way he played was just so so cool and there's a few um, of those guys where you can't you'll never be that right like mm -hmm. and you you can say the same thing in current sports like there will never be someone like LeBron James there will never be someone like Michael Jordan or Kobe like they did their thing their way same thing in paintball like there are some of those guys like jc's one of them you could say Rainey's one of them oliver is one of them like no matter how much you play and how much you put into it that is a lot of that is natural like yeah. brain power putting the thing together putting the game together and you can't you can watch all the film you want but you're not wired that way yeah. you know like you can do all the sprints you want and all that other stuff but some of the stuff he did, but also different era, right? So like mm-hmm. 10 man days and stuff like that, you get away with a lot more, but it's still, it's one of those things, man. Some of the some of the stuff that the best people have in any sport is unteachable. Yeah. Like, it's, it's a gift. It just, it really, that's not like the best way to put it. It is a gift. And you know, I could, I could watch all JC's film all I want. I'm never going to be able to emulate half that stuff. Even like if I had to go to play 10 man on a field, like I wouldn't be able to do half that stuff. Cause I can't process the game the way he processes the game. Yeah. I I don't think, I don't think like him.
0: Well, and there's such, such unique, I mean, everybody has their own style, but it was so distinguishable from everybody at the time. Um, and it was, I think that was, was what was so kind of just attractive about the play was it was, Mm -hmm. it was different. It was, um, it was eye catching. It made, and that's, that's one of the biggest things too. You know what, what a lot of people are like, well, what can I do to, uh, you know, to stand out or this? I was like, well, the advice that I've always given has been, um, do the work one, show up, you know, be the guy who's willing to show up early, leave late, um, to, to, to put in the work, but also just believe in your own style of play know that you're always going to progress know that you have to the only thing you can do is progress and um if but don't doubt yourself in the moment because once you do that you are just you
1: are backtracking and yeah oh yeah the crazy thing about it is back then uh, compared to the game like x-ball now right like these guys were doing some of these moves knowing that they weren't going to get 12 more tries in this match, right? It's not like, oh, you know what? Oh, it didn't work this time. Oh, it didn't work this time. Mm -hmm. You don't get that. You played eight games, right? Sometimes one time on that field when they were all different. So the creativity level, everything, it's like, wow, that guy, if you were there and you pulled off a crazy move, it's like, did you see that? Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. Like, that. oh, that was unbelievable. Now it's like, okay, you see a cool run through early in the tournament, but – it doesn't happen anymore. Like there's not really these, the standout moves like they happen. Right. But it's not Mm -hmm. as significant because you get so many chances to try to like make your move down the field or up, up the middle and make a game breaking move. And, but you didn't have that back then. It's like, I guess playing, like it's like comparing NFL football to the NBA playoffs. Like it's one game. This is seven, Mm -hmm. you know, like you get more chances so you can take bigger risks and, get more of a reward but just the moves were it was just different you know and I, I don't like to be like be one of the I'm, I don't want to be one of those guys like well yeah back in my day back when <laughs> back in this back in that but it's right you just have to always compare it as two different eras or really three different eras almost mm-hmm. like old school 10 man then the evolution of air ball and then X ball compared to you know 7 man X ball so I guess maybe four different real big formats at least in the states so yeah and I, you know how I think about it too is you know, I, I
0: I will say what I think works as far as challenging a player, because that's that's when I feel um, how I kind of base my opinions on the the, the formats and whatnot. I th- I think it, it's what challenges the player, which inevitably challenges the team itself, and that's why I felt that seven man was so dynamic, was because it was in an era where you you didn't practice the fields repetitiously beforehand you just played paintball together and and mm-hmm. and got to know tendencies and then on top of that it was it was such an or, you know i'm sure people hate me when i use this term but it's you have such organic n- moves that happen at the tournament because they're new fields to everybody 100% so, that was weird oh my lights, my lights Those. just went out. Somebody probably hit a pole somewhere. Um, but but uh, hopefully I didn't lose. Um, no, I still have Wi-Fi. Okay, we're obviously still talking. So no, that's yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, you're good. you <laughs> Um, but I and, I and I love that too. And also on top of that, even though people had some cheater boards and everything, but I loved semi-auto because you actually had to, you had to maintain the lane. You had to to make. And put the effort towards holding somebody in and, and 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 worry about you actually having to put the paint in the air rather than I mean, the marker do you remember doing.
1: watching some guys try to run and shoot opposite
0: handed dude
1: <laughs> like it was dude. so bad or even just <laughs>
0: or even just so contain bad. somebody off It
1: yeah 100% like if you're battling down a snake wire to wire and that guy's left-handed and you're right-handed and it's opposite like yeah, most times that guy's probably going to play inside. Like That's just how – like it was the advantage, you know. It really was. Like you wouldn't mm-hmm. hide your weaker player by being like, no, our snake guy is better right-handed. We need this side. The coin flip was huge. Like, Dude, you know? but that's – Yeah. It
0: was everything. It and was, And I was, hate having that not being – it can't be an excuse now because everybody, everybody uh, shoots the same either-handed. So, I mean, that's what's frustrating to me is when people say, well, shooting your marker fast isn't a skill it was it, it it was and and it was a major part of the game and also I think why I say that too goes back to what challenges the player and I think having that in the game and I think it can also in the times now be regulated a lot more closely um mm-hmm. with the electronics and everything else and the monitoring system what is going on my lights keep dimming out it's so weird I don't know what's going on maybe it's the ghost you. we have in the house yeah um Goes to paintball past. Uh, dude, something that's strange right. doesn't really happen. Anyway, it must be what I'm talking about. I'm <laughs> getting
1: too nostalgic
0: for it. Too nostalgic. It, power. Um, but if, um, people hear me talk about this shit all the time so they're probably like, dude, okay, we know. Um, but uh, but I like talking about it. I like talking about people who actually
1: went through it um, at the same time. There's not many of us left, man. There really isn't. <laughs> uh, there like, isn't, there's dude. Not, there's not many paintball-like lifers that lived from, I mean, for me, in a sense, like, woods ball to 10 man air ball to like literally I played all the formats as they've come to mm-hmm. current. So there's not, there's not a ton like paintball has got a big generational gap in the sense where most people like have been in the game, like a lot of big names, like 10, 12 years, but then there's also the three, four year guys or the, and then you've got like your 15 plus year yeah. people. So yeah, it's crazy. I mean, dude, <laughs> It's so weird. So, what yeah. format? Um, what format for you was uh, was a favorite? I mean, it was seven man for sure. Like, yeah. you know, like playing ten man, and I was playing seven man and X ball at the same time. So, I was playing both. But seven man it was the more natural transition. And mm-hmm. I've always been an athlete, right? So it wasn't like oh, the game was too fast for X ball. It was just like, well, we played ten man, so they just took away three guys. That's the same format, but we're pretty much. You know, same rules same everything we're playing seven man now and right seven man back then it was you either were one or the other. A lot of the old guys that played 10 man went to seven man because it was more natural. The younger up like the more kids back then would be gravitating more towards the PSP and X ball because it was the new thing and it was you know there you could get it was more family oriented in a mm-hmm. sense because you could have these big teams you would have these big camps so you'd have like atomics and Docs Raiders and they'd have three four teams they still do it now. But yeah. it was a new thing. They're building these camps, like these mega camps of like, you know, Gridlock, I remember back in the day, had like a 90-man tryout. like because And it was crazy because they were like doing Marine stuff, like pull-ups, push-ups, right. jumping jacks. They filmed the whole thing. Like you could see it. It was cool. But they had pro, semi-pro. Or it was like D1, D2, D3, you know. But there wasn't D6 like there is now. But they had teams in three divisions. And then mm-hmm. you would have a team playing 7-man. You would just have these teams playing all the stuff. And there was back then, there was like 15 tournaments a year. So you're yeah. playing everything, right? And 7-man was had the better venues, because we're going to Huntington Beach, playing on sand, you know, they're doing at events and arenas, and yeah, granted, the, the surface wasn't that great, but when if you were someone that didn't play paintball, or you brought, like, your family, who's never seen it before, would you rather go to a paintball field in the middle of nowhere, or bring them to Raymond James Stadium in Tampa mm-hmm. And you're like Just the stadium being there Made it look that much more impressive To parents And it's like Oh this is a real thing Right, right? Not some Show up to like Billy's backyard paintball field Down the dirt road And it's muddy And it's like well, What is what's mm-hmm. this You know yeah, It's it cool was a, It was but a like, spectacle Yeah 100% You know Like going to play In Huntington Beach On the boardwalk By the pier You know Like It was great You know They did it for 10 years Like mm-hmm. It's hard to match that You know they did other dope events in Europe, Super 7-Man and stuff like that, but it wasn't, you know, it was, it was different. Like, it was cool. But I like X-Ball now. I mean, it wasn't my favorite back in the day, but I mm. was a better, I was more of a back-corner player in X-Ball, or 7-Man carrying 15 pots, like, <laughs> shooting my gun the whole time. Yeah. So it was a totally different game. It's way faster. But I would, yeah, I'd say 7-Man was my preferred at the time yeah for sure plus you know got to play with you got to play with a bunch of like yeah, was high level pros back in the day it's like you know i kind of had like the michael jordan story in a sense like i got cut you know in a sense like right away when all the far side guys got picked up i got put on a little semi-pro team but i wasn't on the team after i got first picked up and then i got brought back up at the end of the year and then stayed and then played the next two three seasons and we almost won a few tournaments you know got second mm-hmm. quite a few times third a few times and you know, it was good because I got to play with you, Danny Tiljack, Brandon Mayo, Tyler Mashad, Frank Connell. Like, Frank's still one of my favorite people I ever played with because, like, that dude, dude, back then, that dude was the most intense person. Like, dude would mm-hmm. want to win more than anybody else, and it was great. But the most non threatening sounding voice. Yeah, exactly. But you His... saw him on the field, and he's a big dude, right? Yeah. So, like, yeah. you see him running at you, and there's no fear, but mm-hmm. then it's squeaky. You're like, man, all right, well. Yeah. <laughs> all right. But Frank was always awesome. Frank was a G. That's why he also yeah. played on Infamous Dynasty and all these the Aftermath. He was all good, games. man. He was yeah. good. Regardless of who he was off the field or how he
0: sounded or whatever he it was, it. He, he, probably yeah. he, did, he probably bounced you. More likely. probably
1: bounced you. Yeah. Fucking G8, dude. He always bounced you. You know what I mean?
0: <laughs> it was uh, he, such an interesting character, but shot people off the break. And did his job and
1: was just a force on the field. Yeah. A legend, you know. He was a legend in the game. Back then, playing with all A's, winning a bunch, and then Mm -hmm. traveling around playing with a bunch of different teams, but still being sought after by the top guys in the game. Like, there's a reason why Dynasty in their prime went after Frank Connell. Like, you know, it wasn't wasn't because of his athleticism. Like, it was everything (laughs) that he brought. You know, it was the intensity, the fire, the brain power shooting off the break closing games but it wasn't cuz he was the fastest or the most athletic yeah but it all the other things like you had to get players that were good at certain jobs you didn't need to like seven dudes that were all good at everything yeah. you had 15 man rosters playing X-Ball when the games were 2 20 minute halves like you needed those guys or seven man mm-hmm. you know you it was so intense and the talent the game was the the talent level and everything was so much more competitive yeah like, Let's be honest. Right now, there's about five teams that have a shot at winning tournaments. Mm. Six if they get lucky, you know. And I'm not talking shit, but like, let's we can go back and look at the track record on who's won the last three seasons in X Ball. It's probably about three names on that list, maybe four. Yeah. That I can. Think of. But that's it. Like, it's not everybody else is competing for wins mm-hmm. or for points. You know, to win points, everybody like those teams are just competing. Like at the end of the day, Sunday is a sixteen race. We already know who's going to make it. There's always that one or two that squeak in, blah 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 blah. blah. But you know, it's it's tough, man. It's it's it's, it's, yeah. I mean, it's it's obviously
0: it's exciting, right? Finals paintball, Sunday paintball is exciting. But it's also it's
1: also exciting seeing those new teams come in, and it's it's. Oh, it is. Believe me, I love it. I wish more of them would make it to Sunday to get better, like more new blood Mm -hmm. in a sense, or just get a different look but unless you're willing to go beat the beasts at the top at their game like the level of play is different like you're not going to you're not going to beat impact in a a 9 to 8 game like and like when you see like say like the loss play level up or those games are high scoring games right mm-hmm. but like when it comes to Sunday these teams that have been there done that like yeah the game's maybe boring to some people because it's three to two or dude the you know, last finals 100. game was
0: fucking th- what was
1: it three to three to two four to one thing? i think
0: it was two, two to one was it two to one i'm pretty I sure it was, was two to game. one
1: either way it's like okay that's maybe not as awesome to some people but like some people like defense yeah. some people don't like dudes running down trading out for no reason like yeah cool you guys bunkered and trade you're probably stumbling around or it's just it's sloppy, right? So right. some people may think it's great, but until you're gonna beat the big dogs at their own game, like you know, you got that's the right of passage. Like, you know, you gotta beat those teams, and not just in the prelims one time. Like you gotta mm-hmm. get to Sunday and they're not gonna make mistakes. That's the difference of the top teams and the bottom teams, is the mistakes that are made are so minimal by guys like Tyler Hart, mm-hmm. Justin Rabikoff, and you know, mouse. Even like, even their front guys, they don't make. They're, they're, they're like the guy's five feet in front of them. Cool, but they don't need to go run them down. They yeah. know that their guy's got. You know, it's the diff. It's the It's the mental part of the game that maybe comes from some of these guys playing seven man or playing other formats where they remember like, okay, cool. Like it's all good. I got a guy in the corner. He's got control. I don't need to worry. I know the guy's two bunkers ahead of me in the snake, but I know my guy's got me. Mm-hmm. So I just got to worry about whatever else I got to worry about now. Like. Oh man, I gotta just go trade because he's so close. It's like, you don't have to do that. Yeah. And then that's why you end up like the perfect, like, there's some games where they're so close, and then all of a sudden it turns into like a landslide. We're like, oh, I thought it was this team was up three to one. It's like, well, they ended up losing eight to three because mm-hmm. they get they're just trying to do too much when it's little stuff. People make paintball hard. All right. Paintball is pretty simple. Yeah. People make it more difficult. That's just my theory. I mean, I'm not saying I'm the smartest or the best paintball player, but I think a lot of people overcomplicate the game than it should be.
0: Yeah. Well, it's crazy how much of a momentum killer, like a penalty or something like that, just comes in and just takes out the knees
1: of the other team. Oh, yeah. Fuck. Well, and, like, you look at the stats, right? People are like, oh, they're all hyped because they're up, like, by two points. Like, if you look at a lot of statistics, and I remember Rusty telling me this, like, two points is not a lead. Three points is a lead, Mm -hmm. three and above, right? Like, this, the coming back from like AC Dallas did it in the last tournament. They were down four to zero and came back and won five four. It can happen, (laughs) but it's very rare that if you're losing the impact three to three to zero, that the impact's going to give up that three zero lead, right? Like, maybe if it's two zero, okay, anything can happen. You score two points, you tie it, maybe they get a penalty. Whatever, but it's hard to get that momentum shift on a three on a three point spread, mm-hmm. and especially the lower divisions, right? If you go to like semi pro where you only play to five, like three point lead is real, real difficult. Like I, I don't, yeah, I don't see how you're gonna. It's really hard to come back from that, real hard. Why, is it, the team why is, is it five? Is it just uh, primarily D, how many D2 teams? D two and below, the lead D two and below is race to four. It seems like such a small amount of paintball. Well, when you think yeah, so like you go up your D2 team and you go play so you got 10 guys in your roster, you know, you get you score 404, okay, everybody played four points today. <laughs> you paid $3,000 to be here and you played four points like or semi pro it's like 5 and 5, okay, we played 10. Mm-hmm. Got 10 man roster like that's it. Or if you say it's one of these games is 2 to 0, okay. Like I guess yeah. if the timer runs out that's different, but I feel like the score should go up like i agree right. like i feel like it should just be a universal so, or if you're going to separate it right like d everything below pro should be a certain score and pro should be it's one thing like the nba and college basketball have different rules college football college basketball or college football and pro football have some different rules mm-hmm. you can make some different rules for this but you don't need to have all these other divisions playing all these different scores like it's yeah. all this way so you get to pro and then when you get to pro it's longer game by about four minutes and two more points yeah so how did uh how did
0: you discover paintball
1: um i actually lived down the street from do you remember the country club paintball field yes that's uh,
0: it, it's sad what it turned out to be at the end um, yeah
1: i mean it was open for like 26 years or something an indoor one indoor field no poles mm-hmm. perfect Lighting kind of was suspect, but yeah. it's indoor paintball, right? Indoor but paintball. I, lived the, I lived down the street from that place my whole life, and I ended up going to, like school with one of the kids' dad. His name was George Longfellow, who owned it with his wife, ex-wife Lori at the time. And yeah, um, yeah, I mean, we, my buddy's dad, who was best friends with, owned the batting cages, which were right next door. <laughs> so we would go to the batting cages, and then it's like, oh, well, that's this paintball thing. Mm-hmm. So went over there, started playing, and I was like. 10 11 occasionally and then went back for like a birthday party yeah um like a t-ball birthday party and i was actually like that kid that took his mask off twice and had to like sit out and couldn't <laughs> play anymore the first time i can see that i can see it. yeah oh yeah it was like i didn't like getting shot in the face so i was like oh, i ripped it <laughs> off the whole thing cried whatever it was all yeah. sad i had to watch everybody play i had to leave with my like 200 paintballs i didn't get to chew <laughs> so it was all sad but kept coming back for it. it was like okay let's try this again and then we'd go back to the batting cages and then go play paintball and it's like alright awesome well now I'm hooked but it was weird because my parents hated it like really? there was no kids like my mom dropped me off the one time with two other buddies and was like these are all like 40 year old men with war fantasies <laughs> like where are all the kids at? I thought that it was like alright see you later mom it's like you're not staying here like mm-hmm. I'm not leaving all these people <laughs> like all these weird men wearing fatigues and smoking chain smoking cigarettes and oh drinking God. booze and yeah it was awful but mm-hmm. you know it changed and, and they finally got more into it and been doing it ever since and i have never really never taken a year off never taken a season off since really you know oh yeah so what's your timeline like uh as far as teams go um i played the first team i played for was this team BAM Which was a home team with Where Danny Tiljack started And this kid Chris Midkiff Steve Jr That was like their first That was like the local team That I played for Um, So they rose at the indoor field Played on that team Then I played on this Like throw together team With these guys I don't even remember their name But it was called DOD Do or die You know Nice That was uh, the first End uh, man event That I played Chicago Open 99 with those guys um, And then Got on Far Side After that was it a tryout? Um, kind of. I actually got invited because I was working at the field at the time, and my buddy Kyle Macron tried to like he thought he was swindling me in a gun trade, and <laughs> I traded in this Adrenaline Angel for his brand new Texas Storm Red to Black Fade Intimidator. That was like the new hotness. Ooh. And the guy who built it, um, I think his name was Tim, worked for Empire at the time. Was like, "Where's that gun I just made for you?" He's like, "Oh, I traded." He's like. You kidding me? So he had to like come back and like ask me to trade him back. It's like, no. hey man, I really need that. <laughs> like, I'm gonna get in trouble. And I was like, okay. So like, what? Wh- what's up with Farside? Like, let me, let me let me play with you guys. Like, and then I ended up playing a three man tournament with Logan, and I think it was oh and Eric Westerberg. We played that. We got second at the country club. And then I was just kind of around mm-hmm. at that point because back then there wasn't really a ton of tryouts. You just kind of showed up, and then you nobody know, told you to leave. You just <laughs> kept coming back right, it right was just right. like you know, there wasn't this it wasn't that easy to get on teams right everybody's like doing their own little thing but like the real competitive teams playing the tournament series it was like well you just kind of showed up and stayed yeah. and on the team and played for them for a couple seasons and then we got all picked up to play on avalanche with like after the cap guys left um we were the next recruitments for ed to pick up, like, because he was doing the, the team swap thing, right? He picked up you when know, all the old guys like Lasoya and LB and all the guys left, and he picked up the Warp kids. And then mm-hmm. after those guys and Glenn were over it, Cap came through. And then after Cap was done, we came through. And then he mixed in, like, you and Brandon and Danny and brought in, like, a bunch of those guys. So, well, those guys were on playing. the
0: team first because they were – because uh, Danny, Danny and Brandon
1: were well, – yeah. yeah, Brandon was with the Cap guys. Yeah, Brandon was with the Cap guys. And then and Danny, uh, yeah, Danny was too. That's right, because he played. Yes. X ball. Yep. That's under. right. That's right. Because exactly. it was those blue Empire jerseys. Hmm. Um, yeah. Because I because the Dynasty right after that. Yeah.
0: Yes. Did he? Yeah, he yes. did. That's right. He did. Because yes. then he went to, uh, back to I guess, Avalanche. Kind of, yeah. Um. But I didn't get on until most the next of the far side guys were gone
1: it was 2007 yes were, yeah. so mm-hmm. the played all the far side guys were 2006 but brandon and danny and then Brog. that was the year yeah that was the year i was on the team at the first event in huntington and then i got cut and then i got brought back at the end of the year when then all the other far side guys got cut and Ned asked me to stay and i was like well it took me all year to get back here <laughs> um and i'm playing with you and Tyler and Dan. I was like, Yeah, I'm in. So, I mean, I'm not going anywhere. Like, forget it. Some of those guys went to go play for Evil Factory. Mm-hmm. I'd stay with the forest, or with Avalanche. But I was <laughs> the funny part about that is I was playing Pro Seven Man with Avalanche. I'm playing Division Three X Ball with DSS because that's when the rankings didn't matter and you could. <laughs> they didn't think each other were the top format, so yeah. Pro didn't matter in one league to the other. So I could play Pro X Ball against all these Pro guys who are playing Pro X Ball. Right, I played pro seven man against those guys, like all the dynasty guys and no dogs guys and whatever playing seven man against those guys on a regular basis to then go playing D three X ball with data support systems or DSS, which turned into vicious with Greg Pauly and them. he's That's like, hey, right. man, Yep, you're not ranked. You want to play D three X ball with my kids? Sure. Why not? Hooked it up. Karen and Carl were awesome. Love them. they were the best team parents running that organization. With Pauly was awesome. Yeah. Learned a lot and got to grow, you know, got to grow a lot. And cause I was playing, both systems, both leagues, going to Nebraska, shooting 120 cases at practice, Jeez. like then going to seven man, and you know we couldn't give away all the paint we had. We had so much paint. We we're like we we're playing, flying to Texas for three day seven man practices because we had two million ball deals back then, three million mm-hmm. free paint balls. So you know all that Nelson paint. So you know we had, I had unlimited paint, and I was playing both leagues and playing pros, and then learning and then asserting my dominance. What I learned from pros on. Division two, division three kids. So it was great, you know, and let's see after that. So did Paul, did Paulie have, he he was involved in the avalanche stuff too, though. Yes, he was coaching avalanche. Right. So he was coaching us for seven man and coaching a division three X-ball team at the same time. Because we were Eclipse as well. And a lot of those guys were from Nebraska. So Ed knew a lot of those kids. Mm -hmm. Um, They tried to, I think he tried to get them on his warped army team, but they just wanted to do their own thing. And then. You know, Vespa Polly is a coach who did the vicious thing. Mm-hmm. They were like, we want to be called vicious again. So we changed the name and then we were there off to the races. And then their history is their history, you know. Right. And they ended up being a bunch of kids from Nebraska who didn't win a tournament, but got close a lot and were very competitive and never gave up and were always a hard out. So not bad from the middle of nowhere in Nebraska, you know. Yeah. That's the way it's I look crazy. at it. And it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It just shows how like dedication and believing in a real coach will get you pretty far. Yeah, and they definitely had a good a uh, financial system behind them, so that that helped. Oh yeah, you know they sold a lot. They they started their own online business for paintball yeah. Yeah. to support the paintball habit. Mm-hmm. And they were they're smart people. They're great people. They're some of the nicest people I ever met. Probably the nicest people, nicest family I've ever met in paintball. Yeah, like hands down. Rolled a red carpet out for me. Took care of me. Were super nice to me all the time it was great you know it was a great family organization and I loved the three four years that I was there it was great yeah that's awesome um
0: what happened what what happened with the avalanche thing because did you why
1: did you get cut so I was probably the weaker one out of everybody and I was playing I was just it didn't I wasn't fitting with some of the other guys were farther ahead of me because they were all a year or two older than me and Mm -hmm. Played a little bit more paintball Before I did um, And I was just, I don't know I think it was just wasn't ready at the time And then I got to play, be there and play With a semi-pro team That Pauly helped coach So I was like getting a little bit of Double dipping, I was getting Seven man practices with the pro team But playing on a semi-pro team and then playing X-ball So I was just kind of like in Paulie's system right? Going everywhere he was going And just, I think the Year of all that paintball and being around all those kind of people just sponged it up and started to figure it out and then became, I mean, I thought I was a pretty good state corner player back in the day in seven man. So Mm -hmm. I think it worked out, you know, and then I got to put in three years with a bunch of top pros and learn and the history is kind of there, you know, we had a
0: sweet seven man team, man. I, I, I talk about it all the time how much I enjoyed myself on uh, on that seven man team.
1: Yeah. We should have won that Huntington beach. It was rough. Fuck. Still, brand Brandon. I don't care what anybody wants to say. The I still, people Got video. I still. You're that ready? was
0: not a strong event for me too because I was playing the snake corner for some reason, and I was just filling
1: in from the snake corner, which made no sense.
0: Yeah, I, I was. I didn't under that that whole thing. I didn't understand because I really wanted to play up the middle. Because really, when I was on that team, like that's mostly where I played was up the middle. It was just yeah. was really because I remember. I remember in San Diego, it we we did our game plan and everything, and we didn't really have kind of a game plan for the middle. And I remember it was uh, it was like uh, and Carl just figure it out of the middle. Like it was, just, yeah. And I love that because where you want to go, it, thing. And, yeah. and it gave freedom. me this. Oh, dude, it gave me this freedom, and I feel like that's when I could play my best. Is like when it's not not giving me my freedom to do just do whatever the hell. Right? Obviously, there's he had the confidence in me to be able to figure it out. Right. And make it work was man. When, when somebody just tells you to just make it work and go find your game, you know, in the middle of the field, I love that because I felt like I was able to find spots and bunkers and stuff that people weren't playing normally that helped me get into other spots. Like, dude, I I will never forget that, uh, that San Diego tournament, that where it was the big spike in the middle. It was a car wash on the right. Mm-hmm. Playing
1: in, in, at night, we should have won that one. That, have got a Dy- <sighs> that was a big one. Like, we we could have won. That we if we would have beat Dynasty in that event, then Dy- that would have been the first time Dynasty didn't win the series in like five years. Because I think Impact would have won the series, mm-hmm. the Seven Manster. Somebody else would have won. Like we could have single handedly like beat them, knocked them out, and totally rewrote. We would have won the event, and then they wouldn't have won the series. For the first time, we wouldn't have won it, but it wouldn't have mattered. We would have just stopped history from right. repeating itself. And yeah, that was a it was a wild. Well, that I remember uh shooting Davy in the wrist, and
0: him telling me, him having the ref wipe it off, and then <laughs> like tell me afterwards. I'm like, fuck me, dude. I remember I...
1: LJ pulling the car wash around him like a shield, and then Frank ran by him, and they shot Frank in the back, and mm-hmm. Frank about wanted to body slam LJ because. <laughs> you weren't allowed to do that, but they just let it happen. But it's like, dude, it's the dark and it's Dynasty in San Diego. And exactly. It's the last game. What don't what do you what do you think's gonna happen?
0: Well, and on top of that, it was like you said, it was dark and then two, it it started um it was getting colder, so all the bunkers yeah. were losing Cold air. So he yeah, Cold. so he
1: just had to like just move yeah, himself just into this. the bunker and like mm-hmm. Frank ran by him and got shot in the back and Frank spun on him and Yeah. Wanted to fight him? Yeah,
0: <laughs> like, Dude, man. I was
1: ready to fight him after
0: that. Yeah, that was, and then yeah, Huntington, and then Huntington Beach with X Factor, because that was
1: X Factor's first win. Pro. Yeah, and that was the third game. It went to three games. It was the winner-take-all game, mm-hmm. and we had shot two guys on the break. We were winning the game, and then ran around out of bounds <laughs> behind the ref, Bunkered Colt, I think, in the snake, shot him clean. Oh yeah, but he used the re- ran around the ref, he was out of bounds clearly. <laughs> and then yelled and then pointed. Yeah. And then they pulled two guys. Ah, oh, dude, in a finals that was, match. That was the end of it. Game three of the finals. That was the end of it. It was the end. It was over at that point. Hey, wait, what are you gonna do? Insane, man. It was
0: yeah. I I had never I, well still to this day, I've never won a pro seven man. Same. You got you know. a second always a bridesmaid, never a bride. Yeah. I won semi I won semi pro uh in 05 with uh Team fun, excess energy to 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 make a pro spot, but never,
1: yeah. never a never fucking... pro one. Yeah, the elusive pro. You know, I've won some World Cups, not a pro World Cup, but won some World Cups. Mm-hmm. So knock those off the list. Those though. were I'd fun, dude. With ever. with
0: with Avalanche too, man. There yeah. was uh, some X ball wins that we had that was just that were nasty. But man, you know, think just thinking about all this was it. It was. It was cool, and we talked about it in the beginning of the podcast, too, of, like, playing through all these generations and all these formats and, and seeing all these players. Because, you know, thinking about it. Um... I
1: mean, dude, when I tell stories to kids on our team now, they, sometimes they just look at you like, what? Like, who? Or yeah. you talk to, like, some of the 17, 18-year-old kids. Like, when we had uh, this kid, Cal Leach, on our team a couple years ago, he was like, We're talking about all this stuff, and it's like, huh? It's like, oh, yeah, I forgot. (laughs) You're, like, 17. You're like, you were, like, not born yet when I started playing game ball. Like, it's it's crazy, you know? And then to still see, you know, like, talking about videos, like, talking about, like, Push, Sunday Drivers on VHS tape and all that Mm -hmm. stuff back here. Like, huh? What I've never heard of that video. It's like, oh, my gosh. But also, there's so many, like, there's everybody. Now everybody makes videos, right? So there isn't, Mm -hmm. like, you had to go to the next tournament to get your trauma head tape if you want to see if you made the video, like there is none of that anymore. Like you had yeah. to go get the new dirter video. Cause you're like, I fucked this dude up in the tournament. Maybe they got it. Yep. You know? Or you maybe got a cool picture in a magazine. Mm hmm. Yeah. Exactly. You know, you had to go get your paint magazine and like cut it, cut it out and pay post it all over your wall. Cause like maybe they got you at the event photo with mm-hmm. it, something like that. So yeah, it was yeah. awesome. You know, but that, yeah, the generational gap is real. Yeah. Yeah, yeah dude, it's insane. And, and even though I feel like
0: I can play, uh, still to this day, I feel like I can, I can, I can play competitively. It just makes it tough with how much paintball everybody else is playing.
1: Um, yeah. Well, I, I, I remember watching Corey's interview with Maddie and it's like, I, I run part resonated with me. You're like so well, where he's like, if you didn't play back then, you just don't know. Right. Like mm-hmm. you don't know what paintball really was. Right. Cause it's, it's totally different. Like the way people were treated, the amount of teams like, you know, like you go to these 10 man events, there's 250 10 man teams, you know, like that's a lot of people. And just like the guns changing and the format changing, like the players, the atmosphere, like it was, it's something like nothing else. Like the players parties were a real thing. Like everybody went to those things. That's where like you could always meet and greet and mm. play and see all these guys and all these people you saw in videos and from across the country, saw them in a magazine, but they were all there, yeah. you know? and like it's good what alex and them are doing with the hormesis the coin challenge where it's like trying to get paintball back to that where like yeah. everybody knows everybody you go do your thing and you don't just like go off with your group everybody's like a, a big community again like it used to be mm-hmm. and you know i wouldn't trade some people say now like oh well it's better now because like we're gonna get to where we the goal of like tv or whatever you know it's like Hey, man, they had that same thing they were talking about when we started playing paintball back in the early 2000s. Like, mm. we're still not there. So yeah. I still would never trade the era of paintball that I grew up in to, like, be a 17-year-old kid now and growing up in this era of paintball yeah. because that's the history of tournament paintball. Like, yes, back in the woods with the old Bob Long Ironman, Team Ironman guys and Shane and all like all that stuff way back in the early 90s, mid-90s, like, obviously that that's where, like, the ground zero guys like Will Arroyo and LaSoya and all those guys got like their start, Bruno, stuff like that. Like mm-hmm. back in, you know, 97, 98, whatever. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to be starting out now. I had all that history of, I mean, we just been talking for a point like an hour just about the history of paintball and Jersey, like all that <laughs> stuff. Like <laughs> yeah. half the Jersey kids, like who is that guy? It's like, mm-hmm. well, don't worry about it. Like he was a pioneer. Like, Oh, you guys like to, you like to fade off here and kind of float and shoot and do that? Yeah, that was a uh, John Richardson. You should go look <laughs> him up. He started that. You mm-hmm. know, like whereas Marcus always said, innovator of run through. All oh, you guys like to run through and bunker guys real close, whether he is or not. He always said it. It's like go watch that guy. Like people didn't do that before younger kids. Like everybody just shot each other out from their bunker. People weren't like running trying to like do this and do that. It wasn't yeah. part of the game. But it's half the rules exist because of aftershock. Back in ten man days, right? Like all these Chrono like all half of that stuff is the way, blocks, like yeah. all that stuff. Like that was like the, that was the history. Like the history of the how the game got to where it is now. Like yeah. it really started back then. So mm-hmm. yeah, to me, that's I would never, I would never trade anything. Like that's no, absolutely the best, the I, best I, year I of pain.
0: Dude, I feel the exact same way, and you know, it's not. It's not that I think today is any less, you know, difficult because I think it, I agree. If, if not, it might be more dog, because, yeah, yeah. you know, because of, uh, just because of the technicalities of
1: the athleticism alone. Dude. Like,
0: yeah. Just the, the requirements to be good and good. beat the best players of today is insane, man. And it, you know, but it's, it's like I said, it's a generation thing, man. We, we had our complications and our, Our grind that we had back then to get where we are just like these kids are going to go through something that we're not going to understand it's the same it's the same thing if you want to put it on a world level of like well back in my day we had to you know we didn't have the internet and this and that I was like yeah okay we had there were troubling times and I'm sure your parents and your grandparents and your great-grandparents all said the same shit with what they had to grow up with but we will also not know what it's like to come into a world where it's it's internet-based, it's online-based, it's online friendship-based, it's online popularity-based, it's, it's online popularity based, and it's where you can't avoid bullying um, like you could back then of where it's like...
1: Yeah, if you weren't there, it never happened, right?
0: Or it's word of mouth, maybe exactly, it happened. Exactly. There's you know? there's stories. But now, <laughs> you know, you were living out stories back then and, and it being retold, and eventually you can go home and, and get away from it. But now it's like, if you want to be on the in, w- which is, you know, online and if but if you're getting picked on if you're it's it's 24/7 man and you can, and that's people are like, "Oh, why are these kids so insensitive?" and we don't know why. We don't know why because we can we can look at it from a position of like, "Well, you got to be a hard ass and you got to do this and you got to do that." Okay, well you came up you came up in a certain situation in a certain way and a certain life that made you a hard ass like that. But there mm-hmm. are there are so many people who and kids in general who are coming up in in a generation of that we don't know. We we can't wrap our heads around what it's like to be a teenager nowadays. All we can do is speculate. And I hate oh, it, yeah. I hate it when older generations try to do it to younger generations and when younger generations try to do it to older because you don't know. You you, you don't. You're you're everyone is speculating. And oh, that's yeah. why my opinion on the whole situation of like the glory days and this, and I hate one thing I, I truly hate. And I, and I hate hearing across the board as far as sports go is greatest of all time. I think that's no, the the most in their era. It's, it's gotta be an exactly, era. Base. It has to be because they are not, they're not playing the players back then are not playing the players of today. They're not in that same environment. They're not playing the teams of, of today they're playing in their era. So of that 15, ten, fifteen, twenty years, whatever the fuck it is of that era, they're the best of that era. And you you format have...
1: changes, the rules change. Everything changes everything changes, man. right? So it's just how it is. Like you want the great debate of Jordan and LeBron, right? There was hand checking in the nineties, there isn't now. Well, you don't know how they would be one on one because both played a completely different set of rules. If you want to play in Jordan's era, obviously he's gonna win. You want to play in LeBron's era, LeBron's probably gonna win that's just how it works yeah. like we can't like you got to take a, a for like oh well the game changed from here okay well then that era ends mm-hmm. Right. so it's like like the PSP is done okay so PSP era that's done and PPL era that's done okay what's the next one NXL okay the NXL era is begun yeah That's just how it is okay well when the next regime change comes in they change the call whatever what the hell they're going to call it well NXL is done on to the next one yeah chalk it off the list like now everybody starts fresh but you know what i think but i think if you put if you put lebron in
0: michael's position back then lebron is still going to perform if you put michael in the position of of today of somebody not not because he's you know because of who who we're thinking he was in the back in the day and to to put that player in today's Form. I'm saying if Michael Jordan was a young player coming up and is in LeBron's position, he's going to perform. I, I think it's solely based on on the people themselves. They are going to succeed regardless because they are this unique. It's the same thing with Oliver or, or Fedorov or whoever the top 5, 10, 100 players in the league. There's a reason why they are that person, even personalities, because I think what, what separates the top players from like the divisional or from just the, the you know general player tournament player in general is the uniqueness of that person in general is their the character themselves mm-hmm. the, the 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 vibes the aura of that player is different and it also I think saying that makes other players around that player better every time too, and I think that's why the teams were so good that they played on. Yes, uh, the player themselves were standout, were great, but the reason they were is because the players around them played even better. Um, yeah, they
1: brought a little something extra to the table exactly. that no one else brings, right? Like Oliver's fire and his brain power or, you know any anybody like that, right? You just that they brought something to the table. Like yeah, they were angel they were speed. Angel
0: speed in the in the in the snake. You know, it was you had to have the dynamics. Um, for each team that's why Impact was so good um, during those not that they're not anymore I'm just saying during that reign of like what 15, 16 whatever it was those years yeah. um, is because they had such a dynamic they had a great snake player they had a great mid player they had amazing back players they were well rounded and those well rounded teams of, of really great players of really standout players in each, each position um, just equates greatness um, throughout the, the team itself, and just makes the superstars even more so. Um, but you you know through this whole I don't even know what we were talking about the fucking tangents. Um, but but I mean we're in an era now of like you know look at all the top the top teams that are placing. You know
1: those are guys that have been playing for a very long time. Ten years. <laughs> ten, you know, years. ten years minimum, right? So yeah. it's like. Hey guys, if you stick it out for ten years, like here's a prime example: Rob Velez played on so many bad versions of AfterShock that were like, I mean, sorry, yeah, you know, like, but you guys had some down years in, in that time. <laughs> Dude, like, I, you know, like, but like, but he's a good example, right? He was on bad teams for so long, and then now he's on Impact. Uh-huh. You know, he, fought, he got his shot to go to a good team, and he's making the most of it. Yeah, and that's just what it takes sometimes it's not that easy to break into these cliques of players like dynasty they would pick up a bunch of guys but like x-factor right like there's they they were a d3 team when we were playing pro right mm-hmm. or like or like right after no 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 not like so in 4 4 san diego they were playing d3 d2 seven man right and then it was still that was like the cohen brothers and cody bayless and michael kovar and like those guys are playing d3 x ball right and then they work their way up and then they start winning seven mans in 07 and but now they're winning more tournaments but it's been mostly the same guys for a long time but it's just not that easy to win and always stay at the top no it's not and and, you know know what shit for quite a few years to get there yeah man you just do well,
0: look at look at a lot of the guys that were, you know, I, I stuck around aftershock for a while, um, but look at a lot of the players that came through there for the years that I was that that turned out, you know, to be go on successful teams. Look at look at Ronnie, um, look at look at Rob eventually. Brad McCurley. Look at look at you know Brad and everything. You know, so there were, um, there were guys that came through. It was just it was one of those things. And and you played for you know a hot minute on the team, yeah. um. Yeah, that's right.
1: That was one of the later years. Yeah, I played the last right after when Texas Storm fell apart. I mm-hmm. got picked up by AfterShock when Dolly was on the team and Rob and Brian McKenna, you. So was that fourteen? Uh,
0: yeah, I think so. Yeah, it, it was just crazy though because we had, we were those teams, man, where the 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 final record was always you know the one and three or whatever, but those three losses were by like a point or two but it yeah, doesn't matter because right. it was like, it was, you know, a loss is a loss, but, um, you know, I've talked at nauseum about fucking aftershock and, in the closeness that we had on all other games, but, um, yeah, dude, it, you know, now it takes so much dedication, but to also kind of overlay that there's a lot more, uh, content and material and everything to become better or, or resources to become better. Um, yeah. there's the, Uh,
1: there's pay your nine bucks for your go sports if you're not, if you're not playing, if you're paying tournament paintball and you're not paying nine dollars or at least stealing your buddy's thing, like, (laughs) yeah, you you shouldn't even call yourself a paintball player. Like, you're not, you don't directly support the most minimal thing in the industry, which is like, hey, man, go get the on demand go sports for 10 bucks a month and Mm -hmm. support paintball content. And if you don't like it, you're not going to do that. What are we even talking about here? Like, I see so many kids that are always like, study, 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 which is great. Yeah. You need more people just spending more time because mm-hmm. you can still learn. Like, think about it. When we were younger, you would get those videos and you would watch the pros. You would until go Until the video broke videos, or. Until the VHS broke and you <laughs> yeah. got a new one. Yeah. Or whatever. But you would watch the same games over and over again and emulate the way guys slid and the way they held their guns oh, and yeah. the way they looked. And it was the same thing. Now it's just more game oriented content but Mm -hmm. same thing if you're if you're one of those people that needs film you can go back and think about what you did and watch go watch the pros like Mm -hmm. granted you're not going to do everything that the pros do but go watch the pros like if you're not watching the pros at all or at least after the tournament you're not going to get any better like they're there for a reason so but you have to, to go right
0: you you have to Set the entertainment aside. I feel like depending on how you're watching it, right? But I feel like, I feel like with, um, it's not a document documentary series or anything like that. It's not like a highlight reel. It's simply like raw gameplay. So I think how players need to approach that is one, you know, watch the players that you who are playing your position, um, and two, watch how situations break down. Watch the decision making. On the field, not just on your side of the field, but when they do the overheads or the, the back behinds or whatever, watch how the movement happens down the field and kind of take in the entire kind of atmosphere of what's going on. I think that's why watching games in person is so crucial so much better so much, so better. much better. So better. crucial because you get you get kind of what's going on you get the audio um the the audio stimulation of like uh okay well they're getting it together right they're 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 working mm-hmm. their way down the field or you can see a guy's tendencies and be like well because i do it all the time because I'm, if i'm watching ghost sports or
1: something i'm watching a tournament live i'm like
0: yeah. oh he's getting ready to go He's getting, yeah. oh, well, you don't get goes. to hear like you don't get
1: to hear what the player's saying in person right because you're hearing the commentary you're hearing maddie or todd mm-hmm. commentate over the players on the field but if you're there watching you can hear these guys putting it together oh it's great oh, these guys looking at like it's so much different right but you know the not saying they make it hard to watch games but like we can have this league debate all we want like I, I'm, I'm not gonna bash league but let me tell you like a sixty dollar ID card doesn't get me into the grandstands. Like, yeah. Come on, man. Like, you want those grandstands full with players who are already paying three thousand dollars for entry and sixty bucks for an ID card and you know, for all the other stuff, like they can't go watch paintball unless they pay another fifty bucks. Right. Come on, man. I, that's that was the thing about seven man. Even X Ball back in the day, that shit was free. Yeah. That was free. They wanted you there. It was before we go to sports, but it's like we need these things full. Mm-hmm. It needs to look really impressive. So, like also when you are filming it it looks really impressive like oh man the grandstands are full there's like a couple thousand people there watching awesome yeah not sitting at home watching go to sports but like
0: yeah dude i had this picture when i was playing with uh with excessive and i was playing on energy and it was the huntington beach tournament and i was in the snake it was when we were shooting the aliens when the first came out mm-hmm. and it's a shot of like of me like low down tape but behind me you see the stands that just go straight up and they're completely
1: shoulder to shoulder like yeah. it's, it's people are like cool yelling action. and whatever. Like it's great. Yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. You know, it makes it, makes it look very impressive. One thing I did want
0: to bring up and I want to kind of get your thought on it was, um, what do you, what do you think about having no off season, having cr- tournaments constantly throughout the year and just rolling over into the next instead of having this
1: break? Why not just continue tournaments all the way out throughout, throughout the year? I mean I wouldn't be opposed to that. I also think this break that we take every year in the entirety of summer when your major demographic is out of school and can travel is kind of ridiculous. Like <laughs> yeah. I don't I don't get it. I've never got it. And they can anybody can say whatever they want. My theory is my theory. They want to spend less money on venue space. I don't no one cares if it's hot. Like let's be honest. I'd rather it be hot than it would than it rain. Right, so like, let's not go yeah, to Dallas true. in May. I'd rather go to Phoenix in June than go to Dallas in May. I just mm-hmm. would. Like, I don't. I, and I think most people would rather do that too. They'd rather make sure that it's warm and it's sunny and it's not going to rain and ruin the paint. I'd rather it be humid and bounce than be like squeeging my gun or like going to play my first game after the they let everybody practice on the muddy fields. And the fields are already destroyed, and I, you know, like I'm walking up, and mm-hmm. the place is a mud pit, and it's like I didn't even play a game yet. Oh, you ran eight hours of practice on the muddy fields. Like, yeah. that's not like I, I, I wouldn't be opposed to the tournament because we already take all these breaks anyway. So, what's the difference? Like, if anything, paintball almost needs to go back to all the one-off tournaments that are just cash, like skate tournaments were back in the day. Like, you show up, play your tournament, or Mart, like go to like Mardi Gras. Where it's like, show up, play the month, pay the money, you get wave runners at this tournament. It's sweet, <laughs> you go to Spider Cup. Hey man, cool. We're gonna give you three Hummers. Yeah. You play three man using a spider. Sweet, you know. But like, it's it would be more interesting. Like, absolutely. It would really show. I think. I mean, because the more tournaments there are, some teams maybe don't play them all. Maybe other teams have a chance to win. Like, yeah, I don't know. Well, I, mean, I
0: think it's the same, like the same thing they're doing now like the majors or minors or whatever the hell it is but yeah. then just just have it throughout the year because I'm sure that you know instead of this fucking bullshit off season that the midwest and east coast and everybody where winter happens would love to go play a tournament in fucking California where it's 72 degrees or whatever it is in yeah, January or uh, Florida in January December beautiful. Yeah, and just and just play, play fucking two or three more events a year during that that's uh winter and just make it a continuous a continuous thing. I don't know if I don't know if it would be like cuz I'm trying to think of the cons, right? So the pros would obviously be more tournaments, more paintball and more chances to just fucking get out there and just shoot people. Um but the cons would be um, more commitment demand from the teams, also from the players. So, as far as finances go, they're gonna have to fork out more money uh, to play more tournaments. But I think the
1: commitment would be there. Well, here's the here's the main thing that helps that blind layouts and blind layouts. Well, that's another thing like I said the w, at nauseum like, on this like podcast. I the WCPPL, man. Like, I give that dude all the credit. His league is amazing. It's equal, if not better, to the NXL. Like as far as the way it's ran, the look of it, everything is great. Mm-hmm. Everyone has a great time. Guy gives away cash, no ten ninety nine. So, like, that's nicer. And also, the wine layout, man, like you you can play like I live in California and during COVID, man, like I was down playing I played for like fourteen weekends in a row. Like we never stopped playing paintball because Glenn Forster's field was in Ventura County and it wasn't closed mm-hmm. during all the code, it closed for like the mandatory six weeks. Sure. Then he was open. And we were playing down there with like 50, 60 kids, all the guys from this violence camp, Collision, all the local SoCal teams that play the WCs. Like we kept playing paintball and we just, they, we still play every weekend, regardless of whether there's their layout. There always be 20, 30 dudes out there just playing on whatever layouts out there mm-hmm. because you go to these WCs and it's always blind. So, you need to be, this goes back to like, you need to be the best individual player you can be. That way, like back in the day when you played the seven mans, like you just practiced and then on whatever layout and then you show up to the tournament and then you figured out the field. So yeah. it's the same thing. Like these kids, we play all the time, shooting 80 cases a weekend for 14 weekends in a row. Like, thank you, GI. Um, <laughs> but it's like, we were just doing it, you know? And mm-hmm. then you go to the WCs and you get, second place third place like it 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 shows and but all these teams still always play because they don't have to wait now it's like oh you know what let's wait till the layout weekend Mm -hmm. i don't need to play any other time take the next four weeks off the layout's not even out yet and granted Field owners say will hurt their business and will hurt not getting guys out there because of the mandatory. I think that's bullshit, though. I think think that's bullshit, dude. People are going to fucking play paintball regardless. If you don't get people to play paintball in your area, then I think it's something that has to do with your area or your field or you, Mm -hmm. right? Because Glenn is awesome. Fran is awesome in Camp Pendleton or or Victory Paintball Park, like a lot of, even Bear out in Southern California, like SC Village, like all those guys are great. Mm hmm they don't have a problem with people showing up to their fields every weekend playing paintball so that thing has to me I'm not bashing anybody I just think no. that's part of it like people want to make excuses like if there's a blind layout people have to play more paintball at your field mm-hmm. not take not be like you know what I only got to play those two weekends no you should play more because you don't know what's going to come you just got to be the best version of yourself so that when whatever layout comes you're ready in whatever situation that you're going to go in yeah. Yeah, and I think it would
0: also alleviate people uh wanting to find blind shots or uh bounce shots bound rather. Shots. Yeah, cuz I mean bounce shots are eventually they it's they're, part of the game, right? It's, but a, it's stupid. yes. But but stupid. that can they can be a, they can become a lot less prevalent um on a field that people are just learning that weekend. It'll be kind of okay. a you know people will it's have smart. to find them rather than like have three weekends of uh field time on it and be like okay you're just okay yep yep you're definitely you're just gonna sit here and shoot this until for fucking
1: you know a minute and then see what happens rather than let's like reward the team that figures it out before you like mm-hmm. hey man we know this dope shot yeah no one else does because we somehow figured it out cool kudos to you like that's your advantage like back in then it's still a thing now like knowing the guy in the paint truck little yeah. ticks and tricks and all that kind of stuff even like, at the pro level dude we had that where where
0: teams where pro teams had paint certain paint set aside
1: yeah.
0: I mean, um, they still do because they,
1: they, they can say that they don't but they still do absolutely like you up there and it's like well we were shooting that one now Why, it's still there no it's not yep it's like, well that batch
0: but... that batch back there says that
1: no mm-hmm. that's not that's not it it's yeah sorry it's, it's gone. gone okay but it's like even the same like bounce shots little moves blind moves like hey man if you figured that out and they're not scouting you on
0: them when it brings
1: that skill of walking the field because now I feel like
0: the guys the the guys in our era spend more time on the field um but now I feel like there's two weeks of 100 points to get ready there's more of exactly there's more of a tendency now of getting on the field seeing what's different and then going okay well all right well this is different this is different everything else is the same so we're good let's go back to the, the the hotel
1: Yeah, let's go to Chick-fil-A and go to the hotel. I
0: I think what would be cool, too, is, um, and I said this on the podcast as well, um, but would be having submittals of paintball fields by fans. Having fans build the fields and then having a panel of one person on every pro team or something like that and um, have, you know, have the however many fields come in and get judged and bring it down to 10 fields. And then those 10 fields are then there's a random uh, draw on the Thursday before the mm-hmm. event or or Wednesday or wherever the, it'll be Wednesday. Cause they got to set up the field up on Thursday, but then on Wednesday there would be the draw of that field um, of the, of the field for that tournament. And then you would rotate those 10 um you would rotate in the when you take a field out because you played it you rotate in another one and then you would just yeah. rotate those throughout the year and then i think that incentivizes people to like create fields and now you don't have not to say that trozen or whoever's making the fields now like they feel fields suck or whatever i just think it would be a cool kind of like third party thing of the people who are watching the stuff happen be like oh, dude i made that field and they picked it and it's mm-hmm. like you know it's part oh, yeah. of the top 10
1: you know possibilities oh, yeah. Or if they don't want to do it for the season, do something like that for like an All Star game, like bring back yeah. an All Star game, you know, and do do it at the middle event, or really mm-hmm. do it at World Cup, like do it, you know. Obviously, people will say like, oh, I don't want to get hurt and this and that. It's like I think whatever, that's, man. Yeah. Like, like we're playing paintball here, so like, see. But the thing is, though, is. is with if if you're a guy that let's say you're, you know, well, here's what you do. Here's what you do. You take since you do the major minors. You do the all-star game at one of the minor events where there's no pros. So these pros have to go. 100%. And then they do the all-star game, and these guys get to mingle with the best in the league at Mm -hmm. one of the minor tournaments. You might even get more teams to play that minor event because of the pro all-star game. Yeah. You know, it's more of a draw. Like, oh, man, I don't really want to go to California, but that's where they're doing an all-star game, so... Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go.
0: And have it be a best-of-three all-star game to where they play a game on Friday, they play a game on, on Saturday, and they play a game on Sunday.
1: Yeah, exactly. And you play it regardless, even if it's 3-0. Yeah. You still play it regardless, yeah, but you, you still, still get three it. games. You know, you can even do a skills challenge. Do like the mm-hmm. NBA does, like a running and shooting challenge, some sort of race, you know, that would whatever, be oh, yeah. any of that kind of stuff. You know, And it gets more people involved. It gets more fans involved. You let fans vote, you know. Yep. All that stuff. Like, they, they did all-star games a couple times in the NXL. They did it seven-man a couple times. It just never stuck. Right. I don't know why it never stuck, but. I don't think it was. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I can't
0: say that because, you know, they. I think the all-star games in the X-Ball were a little more, like, off the whim, kind of just, like, yeah. whatever happens, happens. It's an all-star game. But I think the seven-man ones were a little bit more legit because each player had their own jersey, that was on this team or whatever and mm-hmm. it kind of like Yeah, um, it was like
1: red versus blue and you had everything yeah. personalized and the X Bell one was just kind of like mm-hmm. throw together like new yeah. warrior stuff, which is also cool, you know. Yeah. But now you could divide it into like you actually divide it in conferences. You get twenty players, ten per ten of each team, or you do one per team, like yeah. one guy. You know? Mm-hmm. I think I think you bring it back and you go old school X rules so you can have two players from each team, a twenty man roster. <laughs> two 20 minute halves and just yeah. run it like these that's are the only this is the only what's well, the only game these guys are gonna play all weekend right so like mm-hmm. make it worth their while that's true like don't let them go out there and play game seven well that's like, another that's another thing that comes up too though is who pays for it
0: do you do you have the pro players pay their own way because it's not really
1: a you know a, a part of their I look at it like this: If you're a paintball player and you claim that you love to play paintball, and you're so cheap that you won't buy yourself one plane ticket or like kicking a hundred dollars, don't like you're you're part of the problem. Like you're one <laughs> of the, you're part of the problem why paintball is where it is. Like mm-hmm. if you love the game and you get selected to an Oscar thing, I get it, right? Like some guys are like, oh, I shouldn't have to pay this and that. It's like you didn't have a free ride forever maybe some Mm -hmm. people did but like hey man like this is a good thing like why don't you sell some of your jerseys to go pay your own way or sell one of your free guns and instead of pocketing (laughs) the money you actually like put it to go do something for give back to the game that's given half these people everything they have Mm -hmm. it's just disgusting where people like oh well hey man I'll go if you buy my ticket it's like (laughs) no see you later like yeah, you know we get a bunch of people asking to play on our team. It's like, oh, well, what's free? It's like, some's free, but you got to get your own ticket. Like, yeah. you got to have some accountability. Like, if I if we give you everything and you suck, it doesn't hurt you. You don't learn a lesson. Yeah. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't mean shit to you. Like, oh, you know what? Like, I'm not, like, say, like, for instance, like, if a team like Impact or Houston Heat, like, you don't win or make the finals. It's like you get paid a lot of money. Yeah. Like, and you don't perform like that's That's not, I, I get it. It happens. Right. But right. like you get to these other teams that like are constantly paying all this money to be there and like giving it everything they got, giving up so much to be there. It's like when those guys win, that's a totally different feeling than the guy that like is getting paid 20 grand in a fucking private jet to get here. Mm-hmm. And i not going to be wrong. That's sweet. I'm not mm-hmm. knocking it. I wish, I believe you, I wish I had that. Yeah. Like I do. But like, running a team and being a bunch of guys that like pay a little bit of money out of their pocket to be there. And when they win, it's like, you could see it in their face. Like we did it. Like when we won cup a couple years ago in 2018, it was like, you could see the three years prior of sacrifice and everyone talking shit about how bad we were and this and that. And they like, it finally turned the corner. Like we had mm-hmm. a battle year with aftermath. They won the series. They got the pro spot, but we won cup. And it was like, cool, man. Like it was, this was, everybody was, you could just see a different look in people's eyes. It was like, yeah. was it worth it? Fuck. Everybody says, fuck. Yeah. It was worth it. A hundred percent. It was worth it all the time, all the effort, all the internet trolling. Yeah, dude, it was worth it though. Like it was, it made, it made it all worth it, but like winning solves everything. Right. So yeah. it was just one of those things where like, you got to give a little bit. Like mm-hmm. It's more than just like your time. Like you got to give a little bit of money, your time. Away from people, you gotta like the people you're traveling with, but it when you do win, especially like a tournament like Cup, it's you can't compare that.
0: Oh yeah. Absolutely. I mean like for me it's a little strange now having to pay for things. <laughs> I'll I'll admit that. But yeah, I yeah. and and you know, granted that it, it is dis some some things are discounted, dude, I still have no problem paying because it really puts things into perspective. Like, dude, it's you know, it's it's not you know it's not how it was and yeah. you know if if you want something yeah i know people but i still have no problem paying like it it, it makes you appreciate things a lot more too not that i didn't appreciate things back then yeah oh um, yeah
1: i mean dude i had the free ride until we started mutiny and then it turned into like now we're paying for it mm-hmm. and it's cool because I've, I've seen the other side of everything like playing with avalanche and vicious and getting 12 free ego sevens and SL 74s and three sets of jerseys and goggles and setups at every tournament and like all this free stuff. Like, yeah, it was awesome, man. Like helped pay off my college debt. Right. You know what I mean? Like, especially like there was just so much money and now it's like, well, I've been on that side. I want to do it. We want to do it our way. We want to say if all the stuff that everybody that we played for all the teams and the owners and the people like, well, we can do this. Like so, we mm-hmm. want to do it our way, and it's like, yeah, it's a, it's a little expensive, but you know, I wouldn't want to, I don't want to give it up. Like, obviously, if there's always that what if, like, what if the right offer comes around, I'm like, yeah, of course, but still would never stop funding my own team that I helped start at the end of the day. Right. So like, even if people leave, it's like, this is the baby, man. Like the goal is to get it. We don't know. I don't really know what the goal is past getting it to pro because it's going to obviously get more expensive. Like the difference mm-hmm. of like F Formula Three to Formula One. Like that's just. <laughs> the money is just way different but yeah the goal is to just get there and even if it, say we're, we're to get there and fall apart it's like well hey man we did it the right way we didn't buy our spot mm-hmm. we didn't do any of this like we earned it and yeah. if it doesn't happen it doesn't happen when we keep trying until it happens like that's like another goal it's like i think everybody when they first start playing paintball makes like a list of goals like like a far back and they were like get into video be in a magazine cover win world cup do this do that so it's mm-hmm. like another one of those like get a team to the pro division, like earn it, like get a team to the pro division, like, let's do this. And then whatever happens after that happens. Yeah. I don't have, I don't think I'll ever like myself and Tommy and Jason will ever put a team in that won't, that would be relegated. Like, yeah. you know, we can, that was one of the, we can get good players to play on our team. Like we've had good players play on our team. Like Sam Monville played our team. Yeah. Yeah. Played on our team. Uh, You know, myself, Tommy, Jason. I mean, we've had, good guys come through. Blake Yarber played on our team. Look at him now. found Blake at a pump tournament one-on-one in Bakersfield. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. you can find these guys, Like, but, like, the list of players that have come through, like, it's not as many as other teams, but it's still a lot of good players that have come through that are dominating. Yeah. And it's it's a war of attrition, you know? And it's, like, it's fun, honestly. It's, like, fun building a team. Like, mm-hmm. I do wish sometimes I had less stress from like doing it, but still like when we do win or we do well, like even at the first tournament here, like we were 0-1-1. We were 0 and one to start and then made Sunday, one of first two games, 5 And it was like, cool, turn the corner. Well, it's the up and down, the seesaw of like, oh, it's super stressful. We're not going to make the cut. Okay, we're going to make the cut. Okay, we're going to win the tournament. Oh shit, we didn't win the tournament. We got third. Okay, well, third's okay. Um, yeah. You know, still in the hunt for the series. Gotta make Sunday, so like it's just a different added stress, but it's more of a it's a different role of tournament paintball that I'm now playing from being less the player to not like owner general manager type role. So do you think you would have the same
0: fire for the game if you were just a player?
1: I think sometimes it would be easier, but I mean I like doing it. I like trying to do it the way I'm doing it, and I mm-hmm. think the building of it is like the construction of it is almost like the the more fun part now, like seeing who's available, like trying to get this guy to get that guy. If it doesn't work, like it sucks that you can only have two pro players on a semi pro team. I think that's pretty garbage, you know, yeah. like you're building a semi pro team to compete in the pro division. But then when you get there, you got to then build your pro team. Mm-hmm. But how do you build your pro team when right. you're a new team? With like, how, unless you're waving fat stacks of cash, you're not gonna get some of these players. You almost need to get them. You need to be able to build three or four. You need, you should be able to have unlimited pros and summer pro. Because let's be honest, like you can't build more pro teams when these teams fall apart. So what do these kids do? Maybe one goes here, one goes there, one goes there. You can't mm-hmm. like, like that format that thing. Like, what if some team wanted to be like, hey, the five of you, come play on our team. But granted, I guess the bottom four teams don't get pro points. But say like you wanted to steal three guys from the tenth best team, you mm-hmm. can't, because what if they're in your area and you're starting a pro area team and you're going to compete in semi-pro right. and you want to build them up, you can't. You got to wait till you're there to then how to recruit them away from their teams. But let's be honest, like some of the new teams, they have one good event, mm-hmm. but then what did they do? Like Diesel right now is the anomaly. They're one of the newer teams that didn't just get destroyed and keep keep losing, but. It's hard to get there, yeah. but you know we had a meeting and a lot of the, the other semi-pro owners were not a fan of unlimited pros. <laughs> like, they just weren't. Yeah. So And I said my spiel, but I get it. Like some guys can't with based on the area they're at, unless they throw a lot of money. Or. Well, how many other pros? I mean,
0: how many other pros are out there though? Thinking about it, like who are not pro- playing in the pro league? About,
1: it's not even just about that, right? Like when we did well our one year, we had Joey Blue as our coach we had Brian Smith from damage on our team. Like, but we could have probably got two or three other guys to come with, with based on our coach and mm-hmm. Brian as a player. Like that, that could command, like, Hey man, we're building something here. You want to like, you two want to jump ship and be a part of this. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? And then all of a sudden you're going to the pro division. You're like a mini version of like damage when like yeah. the strange guys, are on. cause like you have this team of already like elevated guys and like pros, you have like four up and comers and four legit pros. Well, that team can compete. Mm -hmm. But when you have a bunch of kids that have never played pro, it's hard to compete with that. Yeah. And I think maybe it's because I've been around for so long, like I know a lot of people. So it would be easier for like someone like me to go talk to a couple guys and be like, hey man, what's up? Like what's a couple you want some money or blah 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 or whatever it is? Like I have that relationship with a lot of people and someone like the newer teams, maybe they don't. I'm not trying to pull myself up, but maybe it's one of those like you guys don't know these guys. So and they don't know any of your players, mm-hmm. so they don't really want to commit to. Because I think when NRG Elite first got their pro spot, that guy was trying to get some current pros to come play for that team and like build a base. Well, they don't none of them know who we were. Mm-hmm. They're not gonna they're not gonna jump ship over if you have an offer from Impact or the guy from uh, I think his name's Ken, from Energy Elite. Like you don't. It's not really comparable. You're gonna go to the guys that have been in the game longer because. The track record, the knowledge, the yeah, everything. So you're gonna take that. So it's harder for the the newer guys on the block to compete, but sometimes it might cost you a little bit of money. And how bad do you want to win? And mm-hmm. or how bad do you want to get to the pro division? Because once you're there, you're there. Yeah, you got to get there first. And I don't know about you, but I'm not trying to be the best semi-pro team for a decade, right? Like eventually, it's gotta, it's gotta, like some has gotta give and some has gotta get out. Yeah. Yeah, that's just me. I think I think it should be unlimited pros. Like you can have five players from the Yankees play on their minor league team. There's no rule about that. Mm-hmm. You know, you can have three and M- three get unlimited NBA players playing the G League because of injuries. What? But whatever. Like you can have unlimited guys. There's no rule that says you can't have current professionals in those leagues. Like, yeah. and at the end of the day, paintball isn't the word fair. It's not fair. It's never going to be fair. Like, it's never going to be a completely equal playing field. Yeah. Like, just deal with it. Some people have an advantage. Other people don't. Like, I like to compare paintball, in a sense, loosely to, like, F1 racing. Like, the more money, like, it's the same thing. Like, heat, impact, the more money you spend, the better you're going to be. Red Bull, Ferra- Red Bull, Mercedes, Ferrari, the more money you spend, the better you're going to be. You want to be cheap? You don't want to spend money? You want to barely get by? Okay. You're going to be at the bottom. You're not going to be accruing points. Mm -hmm. The scoring is kind of the same. Like the bottom teams don't get points. The bottom teams in F1 don't get racing points. Like that's just the way it works. So you got to spend or be really creative. And maybe, hey man, if you make that Sunday, cool. Maybe that's what you're shooting for. Maybe you're trying to be that like eighth team. You got to start somewhere, but eventually you either got to like pay players, get better players, or put more money into your own program and, Really work on that, and maybe it doesn't work in this generation, but maybe you set a building block for the next generation of players that are coming through your camp that see like, okay, we could be mm-hmm. that, but let's be better, and then they are. Yeah, because I think I think real life starts becoming more
0: prevalent um, with a lot of players who are on a probably a team that's you know not really doing so well, and I think that's why the the circulation happens so much on the yeah, lower teams because a, it's like, well, well okay, what pro. am I doing here? Am I, am I, am I just, and even some of the players that have to play down at that play, pay for playing pro at that level,
1: they get to a point where like, what am I, I mean, do, so do like, I keep doing this? The example of that is the, the Trey outlaws, right? They've had a couple guys stay for the whole thing, but dude, it's hard, man. It's mm-hmm. a lot of money. It's a rotating door. It's not cheap to fly to Fort Wayne, Indiana or that area. Cause you got to drive either to Detroit or you got to drive to Chicago or Columbus, you know, you're driving two, three hours each way to get to an airport to then fly out and then go back to work and spend a bunch of money. And if you're not winning, dude, it wears on you. It just does. After so many events going like, yeah, blue, like at the end of the day, if you're a competitor, you're always gonna be like, okay, we got, we got a chance. We got a chance. Like anything can happen. Cool. But, and all of a sudden it's Sunday, it's Saturday and you're Oh, and three again. It's like, Mm -hmm. dude, what? It was like, so. Frustrating, I can't take this. Dude. It was. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I can't take this
0: anymore. It was. It was yeah. so frustrating because I was. I'm such a competitive person, and those years that that I had on shock were just so, so frustrating. Don't get me wrong. Like I had fun and I enjoyed it, and I and I genuinely thought that we had a chance every time we entered a tournament. Um, yeah. But it was. It was also my selfish, tunnel vision of just. Expecting greatness out of all of our players, every single day, and out of myself, and just wanting to win um, that bad. But it was, you know, you know, shit happens, and now here I am, you know, retired in two thousand eighteen, and I'm uh, I'm D one now. So that that's fun. I haven't been D one since ever actually, because right. I went from playing D two with Tipman Effect to turning pro with Titman effect. Yeah. Mhm. And then I've been I've been pro ever since. So I've hey actually man, I've actually never camp, been D1. You're D1 now. We ain't got no, <laughs> You know what
1: you know saying why not.
0: <laughs> so I'm in. So I'm going to try yeah. and play I'll play some local tournaments and just uh you know For keep the
1: mechanic dude. My Mech Ten man is where it's at. Like I, there's that ICPL this weekend, you know. Yep. Wish I could attend, obviously some family circumstances, but yeah, like that's I can't attend that one either. That's, that's that's fun, man. Like it's it's honestly it makes if you played 10 man in the past and you go back to playing this, you hear all the old guys, the stories, everything like that, yeah. but it's the old format and it's so much fun. Mm-hmm. It is. I RIP Tim, man. That was the uh, a thing he did for a paintball that will never be forgotten. And it's yeah. never going to slow down because, Hey man, it's like the senior tour of paintball, right? In a sense where mm-hmm. like, Hey man, you know what? You're not, you don't want to play that X-Ball stuff. Cool. You can Go hide behind that tree or those hyperball bunkers and go play with all your friends. Yeah. And, you don't really have to practice that often it's just it's yeah. fun paint so mm-hmm. i kind of want to pick up one of those tm40 luxes just uh to... they're nice man they're yeah. very nice yeah they did it right set yeah. them off proper
0: and i've never i've never shot a Lux too so but i Ooh. mainly i want it just because of uh just because it's tim um yeah you know. oh yeah crazy man well dude i dude i appreciate it so much i gotta get going i gotta get uh the little ones are moving around. I keep getting detection on my phone from uh, moving around
1: upstairs. Yeah, but. No, of course. Maybe we'll do another one of these and go more into whatever else. You know, we can go talk about a whole gang of stuff.
0: Yeah, dude, let's uh, let's call this part one.
1: And, Works for uh, me. We can go more into the mutiny thing maybe instead of uh, all my... Fantasies and fun parts of paintball and the history of our game and the time we had and all that other good stuff. No, so. I love it,
0: man. Well let's uh, let's let's join back again, like in, uh, in in a month or so, or maybe even sooner, like that. We'll keep in touch and we'll we'll continue the story. Of course,
1: sounds good, man. Appreciate Hi, having me. Thank you so again. much.
0: Thank you so much, man. Great seeing you, and much love and positive vibes your way. And uh man, I very man. much appreciate it. appreciate it. No, absolutely, dude. Take care of yourself
1: and, uh, and your family. All right, we'll do. Talk to you soon, buddy. See you, bud. Love later very much
0: appreciated Andy thank you so much for sitting down man I can't wait for round 2 it's gonna be awesome uh, so much more to talk about dude I I know these. sometimes these podcasts run a little light but uh, but we always have so much content so many things to talk about and round 2 is gonna be even sweeter with uh, with the current game now and playing with Mutiny and going into more depth on that whole side of the game. Uh, it's going to be great, man. And very, very much good luck. Very much good luck. Just good luck the rest of the season. And uh, my best wishes, my friend. And everybody out there, thank you so much for listening. Um, it's it's such a pleasure to be able to do these, and I know they've been a little sporadic lately. I apologize. Um, but uh, get back on the train again. So please uh, keep your eye out for some podcasts coming up and um, and I'll be just shooting them out there so thank you again everybody for listening and uh, please do not text and drive keep your eyes on the road listen to podcasts like this one and we'll see you again here soon on the playing on podcast peace